This is episode 606 of the AWS podcast, released on July 24, 2023. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Samalish here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined by Hornman Longren. G'day, Horn. Hey, how's it going? It is going good. And of course, Gillian Ford. How's things on that side of the world, Gillian? Always exciting. <laughs> Always exciting. This is this is true. And as ever, we record from different time zones. So I speak from uh, from a day ahead. So I always assure both Gillian and Horn that tomorrow will be coming. Simon is from the future. <laughs> the future, yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Let's get into a bunch of really cool updates. Today, we're going to talk firstly about the AWS Marketplace. And we're really thrilled to announce the AWS Marketplace transaction purchase order support for server products. So this extends this transaction purchase order support to server products with certain pricing types, which gives you the ability to ensure your invoices reflect the proper purchase order. And this launch makes it easier for customers to process and pay invoices. So the AWS Marketplace transaction purchase orders will allow the purchase order that a customer provides at the time of the transaction in the AWS Marketplace to appear on all related out-of-cycle invoices related to that purchase. Now, a customer's management account and linked accounts can provide a purchase order at the time of purchase in the AWS Marketplace for ProServe, for software-as-a-service contracts, for AMI contracts, for container contracts, for cloud formation template contracts, and even Helm chart contracts. In addition, transaction purchase orders can be added for private offers with a flexible payment schedule for AMI, container, cloud formation templates, and Helm chart products with annual pricing models. This is a great way to get access to a whole bunch of software across your environment without the complexity of doing a whole bunch of different commercial deals. It just makes it really simple and straightforward. All right, we've got a bunch of updates on analytics. So AWS Glue Crawlers now supports Apache Iceberg tables. Apache Iceberg is an open source table format for data stored in data lakes that helps data engineers manage complex challenges such as managing continuously evolving data sets while maintaining query performance. With this launch, you can automatically register Iceberg tables into Glue Catalog by running the Glue Crawler. You can then query Glue Catalog Iceberg tables across various analytics engines and apply lake formation fine-grained permissions when querying from Athena. And Amazon Athena released a new ODBC driver that improves the experience of connecting to querying, and visualizing data from your favorite SQL development and business intelligent applications. You can now use Amazon Athena to query data stored in S3 Glacier storage classes. S3 Glacier is a secure and durable service for low-cost data, archiving, and long-term backup. With this launch, you can use Athena to directly query stored data in the Glacier Flexible Retrieval and Deep Archive storage classes, saving you time by removing the need to move and duplicate data. Amazon Kinesis Video Stream's Edge Agent is now generally available. Amazon Kinesis Data Analytics Studio now supports Apache Flink version 1.15. Amazon Aurora MySQL Zero ETL integration with Amazon Redshift is now available in public preview. Amazon Open Search Service now lets you provision higher IOPS and throughput for GP3 volumes. And Amazon Open Search Service now lets you update cluster manager nodes without blue-green. And now for a business application. One cool update here. 
AWS announces AWS App Fabric. AWS announced the general availability of AWS App Fabric, a new no-code service that quickly connects software as a service SaaS application, including Asana, Alassian Jira Suite, Dropbox, Miro, Okta, Slack, Smartsheet, WebEx by Cisco, Zendesk, Zoom, Google Workspace, and Microsoft 365, with security tools including LogZ.io, Netscope, NetWitness, Rapid7, and Splunk. With AppFabric, IT and security teams can more easily manage and secure applications by aggregating and normalizing log data into a central repository that is accessible to leading security tools and employees can complete everyday tasks faster using generative artificial intelligence, GenAI. With a few steps in the AWS Management Console, IT and security teams use AppFabric to connect their organization's third-party apps. These teams then use their preferred security tools to assess a unified view into application usage and performance, all without the need to build customized point-to-point integrations. But using AppFabric, customers can reduce operational costs by removing custom code development and maintenance to connect these applications, while also increasing observability across application data to improve their organization's security posture. The AppFabric's generative AI feature, powered by Amazon Bedrock, will automatically perform actions or generate insights and content across application and return results where the end user is working. And on to the topic of compute. Amazon EKS increases the pod density limits for Windows containers. Amazon Elastic Container Services now enables faster task launches on container instances that have tasks with prolonged shutdown. This enables customers to scale their workloads faster and improve infrastructure utilization. AWS Batch now supports specifying a minimum number of vCPUs for multi-node parallel jobs. MNP jobs allow users to run large-scale, tightly coupled workloads, such as ML training across multiple EC2 instances. With this launch, customers can now retain a specified number of vCPUs on a compute environment even when there are no jobs running. This feature enables customers to maintain a warm pool of healthy instances for MNP jobs, preventing situations where capacities return to EC2 due to rapid scale-down. AWS Lambda simplifies copying environment variables in the console code editor. And Amazon EC2 R6A instances now support faster Amazon EBS optimized performance. Amazon Linux has announced support for Secure Boot with AL2023.1. So you can now use Secure Boot on Amazon Linux instances to verify the digital signature of all boot components. And finally, AWS App Runner has added support to update and rebuild a failed service. Up next, customer engagement. Got a couple of updates on Connect here. Amazon Connect now allows flows to automatically run based on agent activity. Amazon Connect Chat now supports new interactive message types, including quick replies and carousels, enabling you to create richer customer experience and resolve issues faster. Quick replies allows you to present a list of options that a customer can click to respond yes or no, and carousel enable customers to browse through options like list of products and make a selection. These interactive message type enable you to send customer pre-configured response option, eliminating the need for a customer to type their response. Amazon Connect Chat now offers additional customization option for the chat widget. And finally, Amazon Simple Email Service now supports metric export. Let's talk all about databases. And we're happy to announce the preview release of the AWS.NET distributed cache provider for DynamoDB. This library enables Amazon DynamoDB to be used as the storage for ASP.NET Core's distributed cache framework. 
which is pretty cool. And speaking of cool, we're also announcing DynamoDB Local version 2.0. This is a local downloadable version of Amazon DynamoDB and it's migrated to use the Jakarta.asta namespace. This latest version allows Java developers to use DynamoDB Local to work with Spring Boot 3 and frameworks such as Spring Framework 6 and Micronaut Framework 4 to build modernized, simplified and lightweight cloud native applications. Amazon DynamoDB has now simplified and lowered the cost of handling failed conditional writes. So this is done by providing a copy of the item as it was during the failed write attempt. So this lets you easily determine the cause of the condition error and respond to a failed conditional write without having to perform a separate read operation to retrieve the item. This is one of those little quality of life improvements that I love because instead of saying, well, you give me an error, now I've got to go find the reason, the reason comes with you, the data comes with you. A few other updates, PostgreSQL 16 Beta 2 is now available in the Amazon RDS database preview environment. Amazon RDS for PostgreSQL multi-AZ deployment with two readable standbys supports logical replication and Amazon TimeStream now offers a free trial. So try it out. Up next is developer tools. AWS CodeBuild customers can now use GitHub Actions during the building and testing of software packages. AWS CodeBuild is a fully managed continuous integration service that compiles source code, runs tests, and produces ready-to-deploy software packages. Customers' CodeBuild projects are now able to leverage many of the pre-built actions available in GitHub's marketplace. GitHub Actions are open source applications for the GitHub Actions platform that perform a complex but frequently repeated task. Amazon DevOps Guru now supports encryption using customer managed keys. And the last one, the AWS SDK for SAP ABOP is now generally available. Up next in user computing, one super cool update here, announcing application manager for Amazon AppStream 2.0. Amazon AppStream 2.0 introduces a new application manager feature to help you package and mobilize your Windows application between different environments without affecting the underlying base image or operating system. To achieve this, you can launch a App Block Builder instance, install your applications, and create a self-contained and shareable application image. You can share these application images across multiple AppStream 2.0 Elastic Fleets provisioned across different AWS regions. The application image created using AppStream 2.0 Application Manager can be attached to a running instance by creating an AppStream 2.0 app block. Next time you have an updated application version and you want your end user to access the latest version, you can simply create a new app block with your new application image and replace your existing app block with the new one. Now you can serve the new application version to your end users without the need of managing multiple operating system images, which is really convenient. Application Manager functionality is available for AppStream 2.0 Elastic Fleets in all AWS region where AppStream 2.0 is available. And let's talk about front-end web and mobile. Today, AWS Amplify Hosting has announced monorepo framework support for NPM databases, Yarn workspaces, PNPM workspaces, Turbo Repo, and NX. So with this release, AWS Amplify Hosting offers fully managed CI/CD deployments and hosting for apps contained within a monorepo, otherwise known as a monorepository, multi-package repository, multi-project repository, or monolithic repository. And I'll resist the urge to trigger the monorepo or multiple repo type uh, discussion that is right up there with tabs versus spaces. We're also happy to announce the general availability for watchOS and tvOS support on the AWS Amplify library for Swift. Tags up next. Amazon GameLift now supports Amazon Linux 2023, 
a new Linux-based operating system for AWS that is designed to provide a secure, stable, high-performance environment to develop and run your cloud applications. Amazon GameLift is a fully managed service that allows you to manage and scale dedicated game servers for multiplayer games. With this release, Amazon GameLift now supports new game servers that run on Windows 2016, Amazon Linux 2, and Amazon Linux 2023. A quick update on the Internet of Things. AWS IoT TwinMaker Knowledge Graph now supports showing query results in scenes, which is really cool because the query results is in 3D scenes. That's pretty nice. Let's talk about some machine learning. And Amazon Textract has announced updates to the Analyzer Documents Forms capability. Now, this is a machine learning service that automatically extracts text, handwriting, and data from scanned documents. And we regularly improve the accuracy of the underlying machine learning models and add new features based on customer feedback. So these are accuracy enhancements for the Analyze Document Forms feature to help automate your document processing workflow. Amazon Personalize now uses the latest stream data for batch recommendations, which improves recommendation quality by capturing recent user interactions. Batch recommendations now use newly recorded events streamed via Personalizer's event tracker to generate recommendations without requiring retraining of the model. Previously, batch recommendations would only consider the interactions up to the point of the last model retraining, but by considering more recent interactions, personalized recommendations can now better respond to shifts in user behavior. You could even say it's more personal. Amazon SageMaker model cards are now integrated with the model versions in registry. So this allows you to associate a SageMaker model card with a specific model version in that registry. So this enables you to establish a single source of truth for your registered model versions with comprehensive, centralized, and standardized documentation across all stages of the model's journey on SageMaker. This facilitates discoverability and promotes governance, compliance, and accountability throughout the model lifecycle. And Amazon SageMaker Canvas has announced support for Apache Parquet file format. So this is an open source column-oriented data file format designed for efficient data storage and retrieval. With this new capability, you can import data using a Parquet file format in addition to CSV files for tabular, time series forecast, and NLP use cases, giving you greater flexibility. While creating a data set in Canvas, you can choose multiple Parquet files from your local disk or your S3 bucket, and each file can be up to 5 gig in size. With efficient compression and encoding schemes, you can maximize the effectiveness of data usage in Canvas to import data, build ML models, and generate predictions. Amazon SageMaker Feature Store now supports Time to Live, or TTL, in the online store. RStudio on Amazon SageMaker now comes with the new RStudio Workbench version 2023.03 with enhanced developer productivity capabilities. These new capabilities include improvements to auto-completion and accessibility support for 4.3.0. Amazon Translate has enhanced its custom terminology feature. And Amazon Kendra, which is an intelligent search service, has launched the Retrieval API. Now, recent advances in large language models, or LLMs, have led to growing interest in using RAG, which is Retrieval Augmented Generation, to build question-answering capabilities for enterprise context. The Retrieval API in Kendra enables customers to combine Kendra with any LLM to build a RAG system. For a given query, the Retrieval API finds semantically relevant passages from the index content which can be sent to an LLM to generate comprehensive answers. Customers can leverage existing features of Kendra like custom synonyms, relevance tuning, custom document enrichment, and filtering to improve the relevance of retrieved content. In addition, 
Kendra has native connectors for 30 plus data sources like S3, SharePoint, Confluence, Google Drive, Box, and many more, which makes it easier to ingest enterprise content into the index. And finally, Amazon Omics announces support for common workflow language CWL version 1.0 to 1.2. This new capability extends the support for multiple workflow languages, WDL, NetFlow, and CWDL in Amazon Omics, which allows customers to use the workflow language of their choice. Customers can now easily bring their CWL workflows along with their software tools and Amazon Omics will provision and manage all the underlying infrastructure for their workflow run. We've got five updates on management and governance. AWS Config now supports 16 new resource types. And Amazon CloudWatch now supports dashboard variables. And Amazon CloudWatch now supports service quotas in cross-account observability, allowing customers to track and visualize resource utilization and limits across various AWS services from multiple accounts within a region using a central monitoring account. AWS Systems Manager Parameter Store increases API throughput limit. AWS CloudFormation announces the general availability of AWS CloudFormation Guard 3.0. A CloudFormation Guard is an open-source domain-specific language and command-line interface that helps enterprises validate their cloud infrastructure complies with company policy guidelines. Developers use CloudFormation Guard to write rules to validate JSON and YAML-formatted data, such as CloudFormation templates, Kubernetes configurations, and Terraform JSON plans and configurations against those rules. Guard 3.0 allows customers to define complex rules and accelerates development velocity with a new development method for CloudFormation Guard Lambdas. Couple updates on media services and is all about AWS Elemental. AWS Elemental Media Live adds supports for input thumbnail images. AWS Elemental Media Connect now publishes higher frequency metrics. And AWS Elemental Media Tailor now supports creative ad ID signing in Video Manifest. So let's talk a little bit about migration and transfer, moving those systems hither and yon. AWS Database Migration Service now provides more comprehensive pre-migration assessments. So a pre-migration assessment evaluates the source and target databases of a database migration task to help identify any problems that might prevent a migration from running as expected. By identifying and fixing issues before a migration starts, you can avoid delays in completing the database migration. With this enhancement, the pre-migration assessments can obtain more detailed information about the source schema and tables to provide recommendations on the AWS DMS settings that should be used. For example, the assessment can suggest which method of reading redo logs for change data capture should be used, or it could check if the recommendation settings have been enabled, providing best practice recommendations from AWS DMS experts. So very cool little capability there. AWS Blue Age Runtime is now available packaged for easier Amazon EC2 deployment. So that's really important if you're doing a mainframe modernization. And AWS Application Migration Service now supports multi-account migrations. So you can now centrally view and manage migrations to multiple accounts via a single designated account. This is designed for large organizations and uses AWS organizations to provide visibility and inventory management capabilities directly from the AWS Application Migration Service console. One quick update on networking and content delivery. 
So AWS Global Accelerator now supports traffic through a new edge location in Osaka, Japan. With the addition of this edge location, Global Accelerator is now available through 107 points of presence. Wow globally, and supports application endpoints in 24 AWS regions. Absolutely amazing. And for our highest priority topic, security, identity, and compliance. Third-party event ingestion for AWS Incident Detection and Response. So AWS Incident Detection and Response now supports ingestion of events from third-party application performance monitoring APM tools via Amazon Event Bridge. AWS Incident and Detection and Response offers AWS Enterprise Support customers proactive monitoring and incident management to increase workload resiliency and accelerate recovery from critical incidents. So with this release, you can send events directly to AWS Incident Detection and Response using Amazon Event Bridge. The feature also supports ingestion of events from multiple APM tools for the same application and eliminates the need to replicate metrics on Amazon CloudWatch to onboard a workload. You maintain control of the details you share with AWS Incident Detection and Response. And finally, Amazon GuardDuty EKS Runtime Monitoring expands operating system and processor support. And to finish up today, let's talk a little bit about storage. AWS introduces the CSI driver for Amazon FSx for OpenZFS. MountPoint for Amazon S3 has added support for creating new files in Amazon S3. MountPoint for Amazon S3 is a file client that translates local file system API calls to S3 object API calls like get and put. It's ideal for workloads that reads large data sets, so terabytes to petabytes in size, and writes sequentially to a file from a single process or thread. Common use cases include machine learning training as well as rendering and transcoding in media applications. And finally, Amazon S3 provides restore status of S3 Glacier objects using the S3 list APIs, so you know what you're up to. Lots of really cool quality of life, security integration type stuff there today, don't you think? Absolutely, and lots of updates on machine learning and uh, evolutions of generative AI, so really excited about that one. I was thinking the same thing, Han, like I'm definitely excited for that Kendra launch for customers. A lot of startups I'm seeing using Generative AI, all the rage these days. It is. And that, that rag pattern is definitely something I'm seeing a lot of because, you know, you don't treat your generative AI LLM as a database. It's a it's kind of like a more of a processing capability that can act on other data and having your data in Kendrick lets you do that. So it's a really interesting design pattern. Yeah, I think so. And seeing more of those evolve over more and more over time. Yeah, it's moving fast. Speaking of moving fast, we got through a lot of updates in a short period of time today, which is a good thing. Hopefully, you're liking the new format. You can always give us a feedback. Han, how do people reach out to you if they want to give you the feedback? You can reach out to me on my Twitter handler at Solo underscore one. And Jillian, if they want to give you the feedback, how do they reach you? Miss Jill Ford on Twitter. And if you want to give me the feedback, you're going to have to go old school. It's called email. Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do it. And of course, until next time, keep on building.